0: got to tell you, it's a Wednesday and happy Lent to everybody. It is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent in the Catholic Church. I will go get, probably at noon, I'll go get my ashes and then a great lunch with former head of officials, John Adams. But that's my day. Let's talk about everybody's day last night. Look, I got to tell you, the level of stupid of college athletics has reached the thug, jackassery, criminal, murderous Proportion. We saw a murder, I want you to think about this, in New Mexico State with the basketball program. And that didn't stop them from being idiots. Then they had to shut down the entire program. I've told you forever that the AAU culture is coming to college basketball and college football. I mean, this goes back, you know the name Derek Rose? Derrick Rose's brothers were complete thug idiots. They would point guns at people at AAU tournaments. They laid down a gun on a table, allegedly, uh, because somebody asked them to pay like five bucks to get into an AAU tournament. This is AAU boys gone wild, crazy stuff. What we're getting into in college sports. But the problem is this, the problem is it has led to murder. It's no longer hey, Jameis Winston stole crab legs or got on a table yelling, grab him by the you know what?" It's now we're talking about cold-blooded thug murder by basketball players and coaches that have no cojones and cover it up and broadcasters that tell you that everybody's great in college basketball. Oh my God, everybody. Every coach is great. Every coach is wonderful. All you got to do is win a few games. Hell, I worked for Calvin Sampson. Look, he cheated so many different ways and didn't get caught. It was ridiculous. I used to get a kick out of it. And I got there after, after all of the cheating had occurred. He was still doing it. But yet we praise these guys. Bob Huggins is going into the National Basketball Hall of Fame. I have a great Bob Huggins cheating story, and I can tell you the amount, $10,000. I can tell you the school, Maine Central Institute. I can tell you the guy who provided the money, the great Brett Barup, the late Brett Brett Barup. I can tell you what they tried to do. They tried to get a high school kid at Canton McKinley High School to not graduate. This guy, Huggins, is going into the National Basketball Hall of Fame. And every little media twerp and every little coach is like, oh, Huggy. That's the level of college basketball. But it's not just now because of NIL. That's where we got it all wrong. It's not that. It's absolutely not that. What it is, is this is how it's always been. But it's exasperated. $10,000... Being a dirtbag like Huggins, trying to get a kid not to graduate so he wouldn't come to Bowling Green, send him to a prep school. I I could get into the rules, but it would bore you. That's nickel-dime stuff. That's penny-ante stuff compared to murder at New Mexico State. Murder now at Alabama and a coach that doesn't want to discipline his player. All right, let's get into Alabama first. Alabama, Nick Saban. Oh, great man! Let's put a statue to Nick Saban. Wonder how many criminals, felons, he's coached. Do you know Tom Osborne, the legendary coach turned senator, had an actual board about what you have to do as a criminal to not play? Do you know this? A board like a felony. Okay, you missed a game. Three misdemeanors. You were. On, it was ridiculous. One of my assistant coaches, Andy Markowski, uh, was a, Al- a Nebraska player. And he told me all about this. And I'm sitting there going, here I am at Bowling Green. And if you smoke weed, I'm kicking you out. And I'm a pariah. I'm a pariah. Seriously, I'm a pariah in college basketball. It's incredible. Like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get church-like on you. At our church, Trader's Point, they talk about being a rebel. I talked about this the other day. Used to be being a rebel is Jim J, uh, James Dean, right? Cigarette, leather, motorcycle, white T-shirt, rebel. Now being a rebel is doing what I do. Now being a rebel is telling you the truth. Being a rebel in my world is standing up to some fricking town called Scottsburg, Indiana because they fired a young coach and his family sticking up for my basketball program at Indiana University when they had dudes cheating. That's amazing. That's being a rebel now because we're all supposed to go along with this crap, right? I saw a guy say, well, you know, if my teammate called me and needed his gun in the middle of the night, I knew he was in trouble, I'd bring that gun, really? Let me tell you something. If my teammate needed a gun in the middle of the night in Bloomington, Indiana, i transfer the next day because I didn't sign up to be around jackasses for four years. That's not what I'm going to college for. Now, I get it. My sensibilities might be different, and I felt this way when I was in college. So let's go back to what started this whole deal, in my opinion. Let's go back to the football season. Tennessee beats Alabama. And Alabama's little pain in the back side wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, is walking off the field. Let's show the video. We'll show you a video. This is Alabama. He's walking off the field. And just because he decides, well, I think I'm just going to whack right there, slap a young lady. Ah, let me just take a swing. And the legend, the legendary coach, Nick Saban, you know what he did? Nothing. Didn't do a damn thing. Didn't do a damn thing. Didn't do nothing, nothing, not a single thing, nothing. Guy played, Saban made excuses. Next thing you know, he's got no punishment, at least external. So let's fast forward. Middle of the night, for whatever the reason, there's a hassle. There's a hassle downtown. Darius miles gets in a hassle. There's a woman. Named Jemai Harris. Somehow, someway, her car gets blocked. Somehow, someway, somehow, someway, a gun is needed. Downtown. How about that? So, this guy apparently left his strap, because I want to sound cool, left his strap in first-round pick, top-five pick, Darius Miles. So, Darius Miles, or excuse me, uh, Brandon Miller, so Brandon Miller gets a call. Hey, man, bring my strap. Okay, tough guy. I mean, you can't handle it without a gun. That's fine. That's fine. All right. At the end of the day, uh, gun is brought. There's, you know, they use the cool kids language, right? There's a hole in the chamber or whatever they call it. Whatever stupid stuff they say, you know, gun guy says, you know, it's not, hey, man, there's one gun, gun guy's got all the verbiage. You know, you talk to gun guy, and I don't care whether you have guns; or that, it don't matter to me. You do whatever you want, but gun guy's got all the verbiage, right? So they you. Oh, blah 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 blah. Okay. Long story short, a woman is dead. A woman is dead. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. A woman on the strip, on the strip of Alabama's campus, is dead. Dead by a basketball player that needed a gun in a hassle, a chicken blank basketball player. If you're tough enough to get in a hassle, you don't need your strap. Throw some hands if you got to, I guess. So then, of course, Brandon Miller, the guy who brought the gun, apparently for whatever the reason, according to police report, his car was blocking. The, The people, the lady, his car got shot twice. And all blood and guts. Oh, blood and guts. Nate Oates, who I've told you is a punk. I've told you on this show is a punk. Nate Oates comes out when it is finally discovered that his star player is involved in this. And Oates said, oh, wrong place, wrong time. Really? The dude brought a freaking gun. Prosecutors, yeah, we can't prosecute. him. Okay, fine. And then I got idiots telling me, well, you didn't do anything illegal, so you can't suspend him. Well, I could suspend you if you didn't go to class. That ain't illegal. I can suspend you if you flunk a drug test. That ain't illegal. I can suspend you for whatever. That, I mean, why? Why? You're telling me, and this is where society's got it wrong. There is a website called Coaching Changes, and I'm going to give them pub because they're so stupid, they deserve pub. They do. They deserve pub. They deserve all the pub they can get. I said, if a t- if a teammate calls me and says, "Bring my gun," I'm transferring. I didn't sign up to be around dumbasses. All right, there you go. So these idiots who do it anonymously because they have no guts. I expect libs to clutch their pearls anytime there's a gun involved, but I wasn't expecting this from Dan. Gun owners are dumbass, according to Dan. Fascinating. No, no, no. Murderers are. Uh, murderers are. Uh, yeah, and I don't expect these idiots. Uh, I I don't expect, but I'm different. I'm a rebel, right? I I think in terms of integrity and all your little broadcasts, are going to tell you, and they've told you forever, Nate Oates is a great guy. Nate Oates is a punk. Nate Oates has always been a punk. Nate Oates will never not be a punk. There's never a time that Nate Oates is going to be a punk. So let's put Nate Oates' statement up, if you don't mind. I thought it was important for me to clarify the unfortunate remarks That I made earlier. This time, I've tried. This entire time, I've tried to be thoughtful in my words relative to this tragic incident. We were informed by law enforcement other student athletes being in the vicinity. They weren't in the vicinity. They were right there. And according to the police report, the kid Miller car was used to block the poor woman's car who who is dead. Let me say that again. She's dead. D E A D. Dead. Our understanding is that they're fully truthful and cooperative. In no way did I intend to downplay. He's full of crap. It sickens me that these are the people in college basketball. It sickens me. Absolutely sickens me. And you got websites, college basketball guys, that are actually defending this. It's disgusting. But again, being a rebel now is thinking that's disgusting. Being one of the cool kids is thinking, well, that's great. Well, I mean, you know. I'm just saying. Nah, yo. Know. No. Nate Oates is a punk that should be fired immediately. Nate Oates, I don't care whether Nate Oates disclosed to everybody. Like these chicken blank guys are writing articles about Nate Oates didn't disclose. I don't care what Nate Oates disclosed. That doesn't matter to me. He has no obligation to tell Dan Wetzel or Pat Forty, and I'll get into Forty in a minute, or any of these guys. He has no obligation. But you can't downplay murder. And you can't lie about it. And at some point, you have to, don't you? At some point, you have to say, hey, look, you're not playing. And I know I'm wrong about this. I understand I'm wrong about this. I understand that I am totally on the wrong side of this because, as I said, uh, the cool kids, it's all right. The cool kids think it's good. But Nate Oates has always been what I've told you Nate Oates is. Nate Oates has no integrity. Nate Oates has never had any integrity. Once Nate Oates got his break in college, he's been a win it all coach. That's why you can say whatever you want to me. I don't care. But I stood for everything good in college basketball, and it's rebellious, right? Never cheated, not one time. Had the opportunity, never did it. Never broke a rule. Scared to death to break a rule. Stood up to the. uh, President of West Virginia, costing me $3.5 million guaranteed when I had a young family. Stood up to the drug culture at Indiana University. When I took over as the head coach, I said, all right, we ain't smoking weed no more. We're done with all this crap. And yet I'm considered a pariah because the norm is to be Nate Oates. The norm is to buy your team. The norm is to make excuses like Nick Saban did. That's the norm. Trey Wallace covers Alabama better than any. Trey, when this came out, when this whole thing came out, how shocked were you?
1: Good morning. Um, you how know, are you? I, I'm good, man. I I think, you know, if we're talk uh, the initial thing, I, I guess you're asking me about yesterday, not not the initial, you know, incident that happened back in.
0: Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, Yeah. Yes.
1: No. No, it's all good. No, I I, I think. I was I was shocked because Nate Oates went up in that press conference gathering and said what he said. But here's the thing. you can't tell me that the head basketball coach at Alabama and the athletic department did not know what was about to come during that testimony yesterday. First off, he had a reasoning and he had an excuse for Brandon Miller during that press conference. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Nate Oates already knew what was going to be said yesterday during the court hearing on, on probable cause. So that's what threw me off at first. Like I I was, because when he came out with the statement last night, I was like, well, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, you're talking about timing. You got other people coming to your rescue saying you just come off the basketball court and you're trying to answer this question. My thing is, no, 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 no. I know how it works in Alabama. They they let them know what's going on. The coaches have a heads up. So say all that to say this. I was shocked at how long it could be kept under wraps that Brandon Miller was a was was is in some form a part of this. Um, in, in some way he had the gun in his car that came to the scene that some way he was questioned numerous times that his car was actually shot up during this incident as it was being you know parked behind the Jeep. So when the the when the shooter is firing through the front of the Jeep driver's side window, it's hitting Brandon Miller's vehicle. I you know I I'm shocked by all of it. I'm shocked by the statement of Nate Oates because that tells me they didn't have him prepared uh, for what was going to happen yesterday. And you know what? You look at the whole situation. You don't charge him. You say you can't find a way to charge him. I'll tell you this. I did some digging until about 2.30 this morning in the Alabama's Code of Conduct for Students. And you know about this stuff as well, being a college basketball coach. I found five things in that code of conduct when it comes to the students that they, as a university, could suspend Brandon Miller, even if the police decided they didn't want to charge him with anything. That's what the like. That's what threw me off. I mean, the first the first thing I, I I looked upon last night was well. You can't have a gun on campus or you can't be transporting a weapon on campus. Okay, well, that was the first offense I came across in the Code of Conduct last night. And what happened? He put a gun in the back of his car, transported it to a scene. It turned into a a, a murder. I, 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 I'm stunned. I look at it. I'm thinking, okay, where do they go from here? Brandon Miller going to take the court tonight? For Alabama, Nate Oates, you better be prepared because I promise you the questions that are going to be coming tonight post game are not going to be about the basketball game, period. And I just feel like that they have handled this the wrong way. Um, I do, I do understand this part as well. I had a person. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read this to you. Yesterday, I had a criminal defense attorney. Reach out to me yesterday, and this is what he said. He said, I don't think you need a a permit to carry in Alabama anymore. I'm not 100% sure on that law, but it is not a crime here because Miller didn't know what was going on. He was just bringing him the gun. Same way it wouldn't be a crime for a son, not a small child, but old enough to understand, to grab his dad's gun out of the car and bring it to him in the kitchen. Now, if the son walks away and the dad shoots the mom, the son didn't commit a crime. This is even more so true here. When he got it for miles, then miles gave it to Davis. So what I'm getting at, you can try to get him for accessory, which they tried. I think that they, they let that one play out. Wasn't going to happen. And now you look at it from a sense of, okay, so what technically could it be charged with? Well, if he can't be charged with anything by the law, and I'm not a legal expert, I'm not a lawyer in the state of Alabama, I just lived there for 17 years, okay? So I feel like that if anything, you suspend him from a university standpoint and you put this thing to the side. How many times have we seen this, Dan? How many times have we seen student athletes be suspended for something very, very much smaller than what's going on in Tuscaloosa right now.
0: Oh my God! I mean, we, you know, Al- Arizona people are losing their mind because they feel like DeAndre Ayton suspension overtaking a little bit of money is nickel and dime stuff compared to you know being an accessory to murder. Trey, let me ask you this: um, Nate Oates, what should happen here? What's the right thing? I think,
1: I think the university has to take a strong look at Nate Oates. I think that, and I, and I mean this in the sense of, do we hand down something a penalty in regards to the way that he handled this? But then I look at it, you know, then I look at it three different other ways, man. Like that statement that he put out last night, do folks really think that statement came from Nate Oates? <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, it. Maybe a maybe a sentence. That's PR 101. Um, I promise you, Nate Oates was not the guy that said, okay, he can play. Like that kind of situation, I think you would agree with me here. Like that kind of situation would have to go through the president, would have to go through the athletic director, Greg Byrne, uh, lawyers, Does it go in front of the board of review? Like there's a lot of different gray areas that we're still sitting in right now, but I feel like if anything, this is going to put Nate Oates in a very tricky situation going forward because I think that he should have had the judgment to say, you know what? I know you're not getting charged by the law, but, man, you know what? You screwed up big time. You do not deserve right now to represent Alabama and wear that uniform and be on the grand stage and be representing us to the country as the number one team in the country or a top five pick. I don't I, – I, I think I, I hold true to that, that Brandon Miller shouldn't be allowed to be that person right now. And, and you know what? even if the police are saying and the DA is saying, look, he's not going to be charged. He's a witness. Here's one thing that, that, that stood out to me. And I was thinking about this. What if Brandon Miller would have been pulled over on the way to that scene with a loaded gun in his back seat? What if he, what if he accidentally rolled through a stop sign or didn't turn a blinker on and the police had pulled him over on the way to the scene And now he is being arrested for carrying a weapon that's not his. And by the way, it's loaded. And now you're sitting in a whole different situation. Like there were so many optics to this that really threw me off. Another thing that stood out to me is if, and I don't have proof of this, not a lawyer, whatever. But if this car is getting shot up, that means Brandon Miller was sitting there at the scene while the shooting was going down. Right. That's that's what stands out to me. Like I he he could be off to the side. He could be somewhere, but if his car has two bullet holes in it and it's sitting at a weird trajectory, that tells me that okay, well he was there when it was going down. Maybe he, did, you know, the two guys got into the car reportedly, okay? And they got the gun for the back seat. They had a conversation between the two of them with Brandon Miller there, got out, all of a sudden, guy starts shooting up the car. Well, Brandon Miller's still there. Brandon Miller hears this. And here's another thing I don't know. I don't know if this is the case, but it reads to me maybe like the case. How did the police department know about the conversation between the pair? When it came to is the gun loaded or not, or the or the ways that they described it, pretty much sounds like you know. I, pretty much sounds like Brandon Miller is the one telling the police about the gun situation in the car. Did Brandon Miller, and and and, and this is not a shame on him if he did. Did Brandon Miller strike an agreement, Heck, look, I'll tell you everything you need to know about what went down that night. Please do not prosecute me. There are just so many yeah. layers of this that we don't that that we don't know. But I, as a journalist, can stay up till two o'clock in the morning and find five different things in the student code of conduct that he could be suspended for three weeks ago. It blows my mind.
0: Yeah, it really does. And what I'm tired of is uh I, I'm just tired of coaches that are full of crap, like this is an easy one. He, let, let me go. You, you mentioned, yes. okay, I was a college coach for a long time. So if you suspend Brandon Miller, people are going to know why. Okay. So I'm yeah. saying here's what I would have done. I guarantee you I would have done this because this is the way I operated. He would have been absolutely suspended if not kicked off. And then I would have taken the heat because clowns in the media – that want to defend Alabama and fans that want to defend Alabama that have a Twitter account or whatever would say, well, why is Brandon Miller kicked off? Why are you jeopardizing our national championship team? Because he wasn't charged. He wasn't, there was nothing he did, blah, 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 blah. So by being disciplined to start with, you take all of this dirtbag stuff off of the university, off of Miller, actually, and off of you. And quite frankly, you do the right thing by saying, look, our players can do a lot of things, hell, but we're not going to be at murder sites, we're not going to bring guns to people, we're not going to block people in, or at least allegedly, according to the police report. But you do that. See, but they they were stupid. They decided we're gonna hide this. And everybody and their mother knew or know, or should know that there's going to be some type of deposition, some type of pretrial hearing, some type whatever, what, 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 whatever. There, this is going to come out. And you get ahead of it by doing the right thing, actually. And people well, will then ask, well, why are you suspending Brandon Miller? I, I just, I, I think doing the right thing always leads to not always great consequences, but at least... Everybody here would have come out of this better than the dirtbaggery that we all think transpired. That makes sense?
1: Yeah, and he's also going to have to testify. They're going to bring him up during the trial as a witness to of this course. crime. He's going to have to testify under oath. And then, by the way, there's probably going to be a civil lawsuit that is filed by the the victim, the mother, who passed tragically during this case. So there's another opportunity for them to depose Brandon Miller in this matter. And I get, I just, I get back to one thing. I can't get this out of my head, you know, and, and lost in, in loss and all the, the tragedy that this was, they Alabama's known about this now for what it's almost March. So we're one, two, right. Two months, two and a half months. I, I I promise you, when when this went down, Alabama Police Department, Northport Police Department, and there's a couple different jurisdictions. You have Alabama University Police. They let that athletic administrator like when it came out that Darius Miles was involved in this. At the same time, I can promise you that they found out that Brandon Miller was at the scene and his car was shot up. Like, this is not new of course. news to Alabama of course. but they but they wanted to act like it was new news yesterday when they had to finally the, the police finally put up the the uh the probable cause hearing and I can't get it out of my head that NATO's got up there in that in that press conference and and acted like okay well we we thought he did everything fine wrong place wrong time. I guess, you know, I'll have to discuss this and go into detail with NBA scouts. He said that yesterday. He said that yesterday. I'm going to have to explain this to NBA scouts. Man, explain it to the people that are at your university as students, not student-athletes, just students, the way that school is being represented in in your administration. You know, it, it just... it. it, it if, 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 if a player is, I don't care if it's his weapon or not, you got to load a loaded weapon in your backseat and that's not your gun and you don't have a permit for that gun. And then you take that to a crime. What turned out to be a crime scene to me? How do you, how do you step on the basketball court? It, it's such a, it, I don't. It, it, look, man, I, I lived in that. I lived in the state. I loved the state that I lived in for 17, 18 years. But, man, sometimes it drives me crazy with how that they handle certain things um, when it comes to, to either gun laws or when it comes to what happens on college campuses. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 they find an out in this and maybe try to get him with something along the lines of the student conduct uh, uh, board. That would just be my guess if there's enough uproar. They can always go to the code of conduct and be like, well, hey, you broke this, this, All and this. Right. You're suspended during the time.
0: But let me ask you, has that ship sailed? Can they come back now and suspend the guy?
1: Yeah, absolutely you can. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I, absolutely you can. Because, and we'll just frame it this way. Remember, nobody found out about anything until yesterday during the trial. That was the first they heard about it yesterday during the trial. So you can be like, well, wait a minute, we just we just heard this new evidence. Okay, now we can go right. forth with something. It's 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 just all games yeah. down there. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. But yes, they, they I I think that they can suspend him. Um will they? I have no idea. I mean, sometimes, you know what? Yeah. Does Nate Oates decide to roll with this thing and see what he's got? No pun intended with, with the tide, but I think right now that the Alabama looks, is in a very bad spot. The university looks bad. The president's office looks bad. The athletic department looks bad. And uh, I think Nate Oates walking it back last night goes to show you how bad he looks as well.
0: I agree. Well said, uh, Trey. Perfect guy to have on today, man. Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: Have a great week, brother. I appreciate you.
0: All right, there you go. That's Trey Wallace. We'll be back. There's the podcast. Check it out, the Trey Wallace podcast. Check out new episodes every week. All right, we come back. Indiana played Michigan State last night, and I told you it was going to be an emotional night. It was. Indiana had no shot. We'll talk about Sparty and why I'm so happy for all of Sparty today when we come back. All right. Last night, I've told you this before. If you know, nobody else can tell you this stuff, because college basketball analysts—and we heard the worst—some guy named Brian Custer last night was doing the game on Super Tuesday. It used to be uh, Dave Barnett, Brett Musburger, uh, Dave uh, O'Brien, Mike Tarico, Dave Fleming, and now this guy Brian Custer. Even guys from the truck were texting me saying how awful this guy is. But anyway, I digress. So last night, Super Tuesday, uh, Billis acted like he had never seen Indiana play. Some guy named Brian Custer, who knows why he got the job that he got, but he's got Super Tuesday. It's unbelievable. Guys from the truck were telling me, oh, my God, this is horrible. Anyway, long story short, it was Indiana against Michigan State. Now, here's the deal. There are some times you are going to go into a building and you are not going to win. You're just not going to win. And last night was that night for Indiana at Michigan State. Indiana got off to a great start, but let me explain something to you. You know the horrific tragedy that transpired on Michigan State's campus. You know that a prosecutor let a guy, a felon, out because we pander to certain communities in this country. We don't care about the whole. We care about pandering for votes to certain communities. I mean, that's exactly what a minority captain of the Metropolitan Police of Indianapolis told me and he was sickened by the prosecutor. That's what happened in East Lansing. So a criminal gets out and he shoots up East Lansing. He shoots up Michigan State. I pin it on the prosecutor, the prosecutor should go to jail, but that's, I digress. So three dead, five critically injured, Sparty community terrified, I mean terrified. And I've talked about this. Can you imagine your child or you being on campus and some idiots walking around free with a gun shooting people? It's crazy. Tom Izzo handled it like a champ. Tom Izzo was a leader on campus, speaking to students, trying to appease, not appease, Trying to soothe. Well, guess what? Last night, Indiana went into the Breslin Center, went in to Sparty World. First time that the Spartans have played in front of their home court. First time the students have been back in. Indiana got off to a great start. A great start. Indiana was rolling. Next thing you know, it took over, man. Tyson Walker got going. But that's not even the point. The point is this Tyson Walker, it was emotional. Everybody was involved in some way because everyone's on campus. It was definitely good to get out there and play well for everyone. Now, Mike Woodson doesn't know what hit him because Mike Woodson never knows what hit him. You know what I mean? Uh, And he blamed like dummies do. He blamed that I'm playing hard and all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's fine. Izzo said this. It was one of those moments where I just said, I'm a lucky guy. I said to myself, I hope we can come through for you. And that's exactly What they did last night. That's exactly why you have sports on campus. You don't have sports on campus to be like Nick Saban and play guys that hit women or to be like Nate Oates and play guys involved in murder or be like Calvin Sampson and win games while cheating at two different schools. You don't do that. That's not what college sports is about. Tom Izzo is one of those guys, the only guy, that when there was a big scandal involving a kid named Bowen, he told Bowen's dad, yeah, I ain't paying you. Tom Izzo is the guy that doesn't take these high-end transfers and move them ahead of people. He'll take a transfer, no question, but he doesn't live in the portal. He believes in developing his players. Tom Izzo is a guy that you want your kid to play for. Now, I'm just telling you, that's the way it is, and if you don't like it, tough. If you don't like the way something was handled uh, back in the day, that's on you. That's on ESPN. ESPN screwed the whole thing up, and I was working there, and I told them what jackasses they were. So I'm just going to tell you, playing yesterday was a way to honor the victims. Playing yesterday the way Michigan State played for the last, I don't know, 28 minutes was a way for them to give uh, what's the right word. I'm not sure the right word. Not closure, because it is not closure. This is ongoing. This is an open wound that will stay open forever. In fact, I would argue that at Kent State, years and years and years ago, early 70s, I didn't even know it's still an open wound there. It just is. It's becoming more frequent, and we don't care. We make excuses. We make excuses for gunfire. We make excuses for criminals. It is the damnedest thing that I have ever seen. We make, I want you to just think about this. We make excuses for criminals. Think about that for a second. Just for a second. Think about that. Making excuses for a criminal. All right? Making excuses for a criminal is what we do. We do it because we want to pander to criminals. We do it. Because that's what society dictates. Be a rebel. Don't make excuses for criminals. But you can see from Izzo right there, awesome stuff last night in East Lansing. When good people are involved, when good people are involved, and Izzo and I have gone back and forth. We have MF'd each other privately like you cannot believe. He ripped me in a press conference. I destroyed him personally uh, in, 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 face-to-face. And via uh, text, I don't care. Good people argue. Good people doing good things, they always come out on top. I shouldn't say always, because we live in a society that doesn't rec- recognize integrity. We live in a society that doesn't want. Being a rebel is be having integrity. I got people all on my ass because they can't recognize integrity. Uh, Dan, why are you talking about yourself? Well, because I don't have a... Anybody else that will. And I got little perverted uh, columnists writing articles on me. I got an agent that won't apparently help me. So this is what I'm doing. Ha! Anyway, college basketball is heating up. Good for Izzo. Let's put the scores uh, back up there from last night. Now, uh, Tennessee is reeling. Texas A&M, Buzz Peterson uh, has a nice squad. We told you yesterday, Miami, it would be tough in uh, Castle Coliseum, and it was. Miami got out to a big lead uh, and ended up winning. We talked to you about Michigan State. Uh, it was a batter. Uh, Jerome Tang went into Baylor and beat his mentor, Scott Drew. Hell of a win there. Texas continues to roll. Just give the job to Rodney Terry and Marquette and Creighton. Man, oh, man, Creighton went on a 13 – excuse me, uh, Marquette, our friend Shaka Smart went on a 13-0 run, middle of the second half. In Creighton, in front of 20, 22,000, held them off. is freaking awesome. My late parlay hit. In fact, I forgot that I put one out there. I forgot that I put Nevada and San Diego State out there. That hit, and that hit nice. All right, let's get to What the Hell Wednesday. Now, you know what we do here. You know what we do. We What the Hell Wednesday it. Yeah, we do. Uh, and What the Hell Wednesday is basically, basically whacked out things that happen during the week. A guy tried to rob his driver. Now, let's just say that. A guy tried to rob his driver. Here's the, does this video have audio, Dylan? Guy's trying to rob his driver. What would you have done?
1: I don't
0: have money on me, man. I got all credit cards. You see that
2: bullet in her? I don't. Don't shoot yeah, me. Give me your money. Don't. Okay. How about this? Stay on. the car. Don't shoot. You're gonna shoot me? Why
0: are you gonna shoot me, man? What a punk. Not the gun driver. What a freaking punk. Yeah, we're all tough. I mean, how tough are these punks, right? I mean, I got a gun. You know, it's like the punk that is Brandon Miller and Darius Miles. Oh, I got a gun. What a punk. What a thug. What a punk. And if you're mad at me saying that, again, I'm just being a rebel using common sense and integrity. You're going to shoot me. The guy just drove you. uh, And you're a punk. Showing a gun. Why, Why do we put up with this as a society? I'll never understand it. I swear to God, I won't understand it. I don't understand. And we cater to punks. We let punks go. We're afraid to say, we're afraid to even describe a bank robber. Well, we can't say if he's black or white. We can't say. What are you talking about? The level of stupid in this world gives me gas. All right. Here's another one. Terrifying hiking path along. Look at this. Would you hike this? Would you hike? No chance in hell. Like, no chance. You see the things there? That's what guys do that repel. There is, I got my legs right now are nervous watching this. This is terrifying. Look at this. Without ropes, you're doing this. Are you insane? Seriously. It's a beautiful view. It is a great view. I'm sure it's an incredible adrenaline rush. But you tell me. You tell me you're going to do this, and I'll give you a nickel. This is stupid. This is just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Jennifer, or all of you on the uh, YouTube chat. I don't know what to tell you, but I ain't doing it. Now, a lot of people like this stuff. I have a nephew, Nikki, that loves this stuff. He would do this in a second. He would not think twice. His mother is always crying, my sister-in-law, uh, but that's the deal. All right, you ready? I couldn't do it. I, I I could not do it. A non-binary ex-Biden official, Sam Britton's family slams. Look at this guy. Slams abuse claims. So this guy, this whacked-out sicko, who somehow, some way became a Biden administrator, and then, of course, did what whacked out sickos do. He whacked out, sickoed, uh, and stole luggage, this idiot. So this guy says he was abused. Of course he wasn't abused. He's full of crap. Uh, His sister says there's no validity to those claims. First of all, the claims of conversion therapy never happened. Nor did my parents abuse my brother or I. My parents and I have always known the truth, but we don't preach to anybody what the truth is. It's disheartening because my parents are still being slandered for the past decade because some people believe Samuel's words. Peggy Joe's mother, maintains she and her husband did not send their eldest child to conversion therapy in Florida, as Sam claimed in a 2018 New York Times op-ed. I've never signed him up to have any conversion therapy, and that's pretty much the only comment I can give on it because uh, he needs to tell his own story. As far as claims that her husband put Sam in an emergency room several times, we did not abuse him. If he had been in an emergency room at any time, there would be records, and there are none. You deal with sick, stupid, twisted people, you get sick, stupid, twisted results. You know... There's that thing. You deal with a scorpion, you get beat. I did it. I befriended one of the the worst person I know, nonviolent crime division, Greg Doyle. Look how that worked out for me. You know who scumbags are, and then when you deal with them, you can't be surprised when dirtbag turns dirtbag. So this guy, girl, whatever the hell he's claiming to be today, turns out that he is, well, he is slitting the throat, really, of his own mother and father. Because now they've got to answer for his sick, twisted crap, his excuse-making garbage. And you're going to see more of this as we move through. You're going to see much, much, much more of this. I'm just telling you, conversion therapy, that's offense to defense, according to John Datsman. It's just, you know what, if you're going to be a freak, be a freak. I don't care. If you're going to be a crime, whatever you want to do, fine. But you don't need to put it in front of us every single minute. I don't care what you dress like. I don't care who you are. I don't care. But don't get hired just because you're this. Hire the best people regardless, and let's figure this country out. But we got to worry because we need a non-binary. I don't even know what the hell non-binary means. And I honestly don't care. I honestly don't care. Doesn't matter to me even a little, I'd hire whoever, if you're the best, great. And if you're going to tell me that this guy or girl, whatever, was the best, you're out of your mind. Because the best don't go stealing luggage when they're in a high-powered government job that was given to them based on some type diversity hire. And if you don't like what I'm saying, God bless you. Grow a pair. Seriously, grow a pair. All right, a California man earned a world record. Listen to this. This is stupid. 2,995 consecutive days. 2,995 consecutive days of going to Disney. There you go. God bless. Good for you, man. Great. Great. Uh, Buddha Judge Iron Man was not an indie. Buddha Judge, by the way, was in South Bend, Pothole Pete, America's worst. Again, another diversity hire, a guy that was not, absolutely not qualified for the job that he has, and we have all paid the price. All right, so this guy, I don't know the math on this. What's five, seven? What's seven? Let's go seven. Fourteen, carry the one, 42, uh, 43, carry the four, 21, uh, basically eight years' worth of this clown's life. He went to Disney every day. Good for you. Nah, great. World's happiest place, so you should be the world's happiest man. Yay, Rock. Go fight, win. Uh, Let's go to the next one. A trans teacher with size Z, big old rack on her, um... Students at a Canadian high school have been warned to stop taking pictures of trans shop teacher Kayla Lemieux and her hard-to-miss massive size prosthetic boobs, so there will be consequences. Halton School District of Ontario says it will begin suspending Oakville Trafalgar High School students who photograph Miss Lemieux and her massive fake cannons, which have turned the shop teacher into clickbait. The warning comes after students started photographing and sharing image of Lemieux using crutches around the school after a skydiving excursion with a porn star named Voodoo. Yeah, these people are normal. Yeah, so this is a shop teacher teaching kids. And yeah, you know what? I got big size Z because I want all this attention. And of course, I'm going to go skydiving uh, with a porn star. But yeah, okay. You can't fire her, him. You can't, right? You can't do it. Uh, right, you can't because it'd be impossible. It's like firing Don Lemon. You know you can't fire a gay African American man. Are you out of your mind? Impossible. Uh, the Sun, the T- uh, Toronto Sun, said that Lemieux is now receiving extra attention from a police security detail that is positioned at schools where the international superstar and in fake plastic and her fake plastic cans show up to substitution gay. So it worked for her. So it worked. You know, you want your attention, you got your attention. Yay, Rod! go fight, win. You put all big cannons on you, you put the big melons on you, everybody's going to look. Hell, we had Mrs. Williams. She was a big gal, but she had big cans. I was always taking a peek. It's what kids do. Shut up. Don't at me. So good for you, lady. You got what you wanted. You got attention. You, you hang with porn stars. God bless America. That's what we want to do. But hey, how about we get somebody... As a, student te- or as a substitute teacher, that isn't worried about her cans, that isn't worried about the publicity, that isn't worried about any of this, how about we just get somebody that, oh, I don't know, maybe just teaches, maybe doesn't have to be so self-grandiose. I, I, mean, I don't know. I know that sounds insane to you. I know that sounds nuts to you. I know it does. I know. I, I, it just can't be real, right? I mean, we have to only have people who sit there and go, or get size Z cans so that they can walk around and get offended when boys and girls take pictures of them. I mean, you got the size Zs so that people will take pictures. I cannot wait for my next guest. Look, you guys and gals that watch this show, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you know that I love strong women. My first wife, strong, tough woman from west side of Chicago. Lee, strong, tough woman from Toledo. Smart. Love them. Love talking to him. Would rather talk to women, strong, tough women, than I would men. I don't need little girls, but they're little high voices. Or I don't need whoever these analysts are uh, on my college sports telling me about feelings all the time. Imagine if we actually criticized female Analysts and announcers like we do men. oh. Anyway, now I like tough women, and this is not a tough woman. This is a tension-getting male trying to be a female to get attention, and please get her off of our screen. But Riley Gaines is a tough woman. Riley Gaines uh, raced against that Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas and Riley Gaines finished fifth. You know what the NCAA did? They pandered to Leah Thomas. She gets to hold the fifth place trophy. Uh, Riley Gaines has to hold the sixth place trophy. Why? Because the NCAA, like every woke organization, has to pander to the ridiculous. And the ridiculous is males now transitioning to females swimming against girls, biological women. Here's what makes it ridiculous. There are, remember, males transitioning to females. There are females transitioning to males. One plays softball at Yale. Guess who she plays, he plays against? The females. Why is there such an attack on women? Riley Gaines also said that Leah Thompson, Thomas, in her, his locker room, exposed his, her genitals. His genitals. I don't care. If you got a penis in my world, you're a him. Whatever, however you want to go about it, you got a penis, you're a him to me. Maybe not to you. That's just my opinion. So, I'm going to talk to Riley Gaines. I can't talk, can't wait to talk to Riley Gaines. And there you go. So let's see what we got here today. We got Nate Oates is a punk. He's always been a punk, will always be a punk. He's gutless. He has no integrity. Nobody on your television will say it because everybody on your television is either a former player that has no idea or an older guy coach that's trying to keep his job. He has no integrity. Having integrity makes you a rebel. Brandon Miller should never be on a basketball court. Brandon Miller shouldn't be on a basketball court tonight for Alabama, Saturday for Alabama, Sunday for Alabama. He should not represent the University of Alabama. And here's the deal, last thing. You know, we hear from all these clown professors. We hear from these faculty on all of these issues. Where are they? when it comes to things that truly embarrass a university. Look, I get it. Back in the day, I had faculty members come at me and say things like, well, you know, Dockage is a misogynist because he wouldn't go in a pool with a woman. They care about that. I haven't heard one faculty member at Alabama discuss two things. One, a wide receiver named Jermaine Burton slapping a girl walking off the field just for no reason. Walking off the field at Tennessee, I haven't heard one faculty member say that. I haven't heard one faculty member, not one faculty member, talk about a murder on their campus, on their strip, by students, basketball players. I haven't heard one faculty member. But they'll sure get excited if our LGTBQRCDEFG rights are, are violated. But they don't care about a murder? Interesting. Very interesting. Not surprising. Not surprising. Riley Gaines, one of my favorites. She's been on Tucker, she's been on all kinds of things. I just love women that stand up. I love women that stand up for women. My wife caught so much hell from the gay community in softball for years for being a married mother. I mean, it was vicious. Now, of course, the lesbian community can have kids. So now, of course, it's all about family. I love when people stand up. I love when people fight through. I love it. I absolutely love it. We'll be right back with Riley Gaines. I love talking to strong women. I love talking to strong women athletes. Those of you that know my wife, all-time winning softball coach at Syracuse, Bowling Green, alternate on the Olympic team, first team All-American. I love, love talking to strong women. Riley Gaines, you are the strongest. I'm going to get right into it. Um, You have not been afraid to speak out about what is transpiring here. Leah Thomas, transgender men now participating against women. What gives you the strength to do it?
3: Well, honestly, I was raised in a family that taught me how to stand firm in my beliefs. And so when I can see something for what it is and I can acknowledge that something is right versus wrong, that doesn't scare me to speak up against it. I don't think it's courageous. I don't think it's brave. I think it's just doing my duties as a female athlete, um, especially when it comes to competing against a biological man.
0: I love this tweet from you. There should be absolutely nothing brave or courageous about speaking up for the fair treatment of women and girls. If leaders cannot find it in themselves to do it, then we need to find different leaders. God, is that perfect?
3: (laughs) Well, it's so true. Um, And I can I can attest to Mark Emmert, who's actually the president of the NCAA now. Um, He, of course was the one who allowed Leah Thomas, who's the biological male, to compete against the women last year at our NCAA championships. Um, he actually released a statement doubling down in his decision to do so because it's based in evolving science. Um, but when I saw Mark Emmert at a convention, an NCAA convention in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago, he came up to me and said, hey, I support you. Keep doing what you're doing. And that shows the cowardice. It shows the lack of accountability and it shows the lack of leadership from these large organizations that are supposed to be protecting us as athletes.
0: There's a story that you've talked about, and going back to the NCAA, where you came in fifth, tied Thomas, they decided Thomas was going to get the fifth place trophy, which allowed Thomas to stand closer to the podium of the top <clears throat> excuse me, top three, they gave you the sixth place trophy. This is clearly pandering, nonsense, ridiculous. And frankly, it's demeaning to women in my opinion. If you don't mind, share that story.
3: Absolutely. So our NCAA championships that first day, we watched on the side of the pool as Thomas swam to a national title, beating out Olympians, American record holders, um, really just some of the most impressive female athletes of all time in the 500 freestyle. When I want to add, not even the year before, Thomas as a male was ranking 462nd nationally. Um, So that next day, Thomas and I competed against each other in the 200 freestyle, which almost impossibly enough resulted in a tie. Um, we both went one minute, 43 seconds, 0.53 or whatever the the hundredth of a second was. And so upon tying, we go behind the awards podium where the NCAA official looks, looks at us and says, great job. Y'all tied. We are going to give the trophy to Leah. Riley, you go home empty handed. And so clearly they weren't prepared to be questioned because no one. I asked this official, I said, okay. I understand there's one trophy, but can I ask you why you're adamant on giving this trophy to Leah over me? And he says, well, for photo purposes, Leah has to have the trophy. You can pose with this one, but you'll give it back and we can eventually mail you one. But Leah gets the trophy. You go home empty handed. And this to me, I mean, I knew what was happening in terms of the unfair competition. I knew what was happening in terms of being forced to change next to a biological male with full male genitalia in the locker room, I knew those things were wrong. But when the NCAA looked at me and reduced me and my lifelong sacrifice to a photo op to validate the feelings of a man, that's when I knew I had had enough. And that's when I realized someone has to draw a line in the sand.
0: I mean, here's one of my problems. I have a number of problems, and I, one of my problems is this. So you got Thomas uh, transitioning uh, you know, to a woman allowed to compete in a woman's sport. Yale softball has a woman transitioning to a man who gets to compete in a woman's sport. Like, when did we start this attack on women's sports? Why the marginalization? It drives me nuts.
3: Actually, at that same meet where we had Thomas, who is, of course, male to female, we had another swimmer who was transitioning exactly like you said, um, female to male, who swam totally topless as a female, who went by he, him pronouns, name is Isaac, which just shows the women's category is what's at jeopardy. If we have both types of transitioning individuals in the women's category, the women's category is under threat not the men's category. It's exactly At the right. same meet. You can't, Let me go back. You can't even make this it, up. <laughs> no.
0: It, you know, it, it's, it's so absurd, the pandering. Let me go back to something I think you said. Uh, were you the one that told the story about Leah Thomas exposing his genitals to all of you in the locker room? Yes.
3: Um, the NCAA did not forewarn us of what kind of arrangement would be made for the locker room situation. And so we as female athletes had no idea that we would be sharing a locker room with someone who's fully, again, again, fully intact with male genitalia, um, who actually it's now come out that Leah Thomas is involved in AGP, which stands for autogynephiliac, which means that Leah Thomas is sexually aroused by dressing as a woman. And so the NCAA perpetrated us as female athletes participating in this biological man's fetish.
0: What was the reaction to (laughs) female swimmers when Leah Thomas is walking around, you know, exposed?
3: Well, let me set the scene. Um, The swimming locker room is just not a place of modesty. These suits you put on, if you hold it up to your body before you put it on, it looks like it'll fit an infant. They're teeny tiny. And so you spend about 15 minutes trying to tuck and pull yourself into this suit because they're so tight. And those 15 minutes you're fully exposed. And so and it's a place of chatter. You get to see your friends from all over the country who you haven't seen in so long. Um, And growing up a swimmer, you become comfortable, in a sense, being vulnerable in that environment because you've always done it. But I can't tell you the shock and just the subconscious sense of needing to cover yourself. When you turn around, again, totally not forewarned of this situation. When you turn around and there's a six foot four biological man exposing himself um, in the same room that you're exposing yourself. Not even a year ago, two years ago, this would have been considered indecent exposure. It would have been considered sexual harassment. Voyeurism. But now, under the Biden administration's new Title IX, this isn't sexual harassment. It's actually sexual harassment. I misgender Leah Thomas. If I call Leah Thomas a he, I'm the one who's committing sexual harassment. Not Leah Thomas showing his genitals in the women's locker room.
0: And the NCAA, I assume uh you or others brought this to the attention of the officials, the swimming officials. Mm-hmm. And my guess is, well, what is my guess? What'd they tell you?
3: Well, that's exactly what I did is when we were faced with this situation, I immediately left the locker room and I went up to these NCAA officials and I said, Hey, what are the guidelines in place that allowed this to happen? Because I'm speaking for myself and I'm speaking for my teammates and I'm speaking for the other female athletes at this meet. We don't feel comfortable in that situation. And they informed me that they got around this by making the locker rooms unisex, which this meant that any male could have walked into our locker room, not even just a self-identifying female. So this meant a coach. This meant any of the NCAA officials. um, Any male could have walked in there. And again, bare minimum, they could have alerted us that this was happening, that this was the arrangement made. Bare minimum. But they couldn't even be bothered to do that because they were too busy protecting the validity and identity of one person over at the expense of everyone that meet.
0: Brooke, there's a guy in your state, a rider named Pat Forty. His daughter, Brooke, I think made the Olympic team. He's been a big time swimming advocate, female swimming advocate. Uh, He was, is, I guess, a friend of mine, but I am stunned by his cowardice to uh, talk about this. His daughter uh, Brooke came out and she sounded very mature. She said, I respect the rights, whatever makes people happy, that's fine. But why do you think people like 40 or media men in the media are so afraid of this?
3: People are terrified. Um, At least speaking from my own personal experience and talking to these other swimmers, especially Leah Thomas' teammates. Not only has this become an issue of fairness in women's sports, it's become an issue of freedom of speech. Um, These poor 18 to 22-year-old girls who are suppressed by their universities is absolutely mind-blowing. Leah Thomas' teammates told me that, Each week, they had to go to mandatory LGBTQ education meetings to educate themselves on how oppressed these transgender athletes were. They were told that their school has made their stance for them. They were told that they will never get into grad school. They will never get a job. They will lose all their friends. They won't be able to participate in their sport if they speak out. Um, When they were actually concerned initially about the locker room aspect, um, one girl in particular who's later Thomas' teammate who was actually um, raped when she was in high school, which this of course is a traumatic experience for her seeing male genitalia. When these girls sent an email to their university saying, hey, we feel uncomfortable in their locker room. I kid you not, I have a screenshot of their reply back. Their university said, if you feel uncomfortable seeing male genitalia in your locker room, here are some counseling resources that you should seek. And then they were referred to the LGBTQ education center again to educate themselves. So these girls are thought to be crazy for feeling uncomfortable in a locker room where you're undressing in front of a man. They're told to be kind. They're told to be inclusive. They're told to um, validate one person's mental health at the expense of their own and that they're responsible, actually, for all of the emotional and physical trauma that Leah Thomas deals with.
0: So everybody's responsible. It goes to that old thing. You know, the easiest thing to do is claim, in this world, claim racist. The other easy thing to do in this world is to say, if you don't agree with the, the LGTB, whatever the hell community it is, then you are, you are encouraging violence against that community. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's, it's amazing to me how such a right. small population has dominated women it's it's stupid. Me too it's ridiculous
3: it goes against everything title nine was created to protect and title nine was enacted almost 51 years ago which sounds like a long time but in reality there are some women my grandma um, i'm sure your mother who in their same lifetime saw the benefits of women's sports and are now again seeing that being taken away in their same lifetime um Sports have given me so much and things that translate skills that translate far beyond just athletics. I can't imagine I'm now married and I can only hope one day that I get to bring a daughter into this world. I can't imagine her not having the same opportunities that I had um, because again, it's given me so much. It's taught me so much. It's given me the leadership skills and the confidence and the security to be able to stand firm and, my stance now, and I can't imagine my daughter being faced with having to compete and change in a locker room with a man.
0: I have a stepdaughter that plays softball at Harvard, uh, and I think I told her earlier, my, she's a senior now, my wife was a legendary softball player and coach. My wife, now all of a sudden the LGBTQ community is like this passionate or, you know, group, they were so horrible to my wife. She, I, this is our second marriage and the softball community was so awful to my heterosexual, uh, married with kids, wife, I have no respect for now. All of a sudden, well, you know, this community can get married now. So now they respect it. It, it, it seems to me that this is a vicious group that will look and try to do anything that they can possibly do to discredit people that disagree with them. Have you been discredited? Have you had attacks on you?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to your point, I think it's ironic that this this group of people who are um, doing these uh, these personal attacks, they're the group who is supposed to be tolerant and loving and right. inclusive and all of these things... Um, this group that follows the science, but in reality, that is so far from the truth. There is no sense of there's no sense of open dialogue anymore. Um, if they don't agree with you, you're transphobic, you're a bigot, you're hateful. you don't live a Christ-like life. This is not what Jesus would do. All of these terrible things um, and, and really it's it's most of what I've gotten. I have tenfold support to anything negative, which I think shows the true majority. But most of the attacks I've gotten is You're ugly Um, Maybe you should have just trained Hotter, swam harder Um, Your hair is extensions Which, this is my real hair It's not extensions (laughs) (laughs) Or you look more like a man Than Leah Thomas did It's just personal attacks Which at first, of course, weighed on me But I realized over time That these people saying these things to me It speaks more about them Than it does about me
0: Oh, there's no question. There, there There's absolutely no question. Let, let me ask you, because we all want to make a difference. I left ESPN doing college basketball to come here where I could speak on these things, uh, uh, Riley. If I would have spoken on this as a middle-aged white guy while I was doing college basketball games at ESPN, <laughs> I'd have been fired the next day. So, you know, when OutKick said, hey, we want you, I jumped at it. Let me ask you a question. Your outspokenness and... Your support from within the community, has that made any difference to the leadership of the NCAA swim community? Is is, is anything going to happen here based on what you guys, the actual people involved, would want?
3: Yes, I actually think there has been some positive changes, especially in swimming. Um, So the NCAA, again, because they don't want to take accountability, they have looked to sports-specific groups to make guidelines for each NCAA sport. And so for swimming, they've resorted to USA Swimming and FINA. FINA, which is the International Aquatic Organization, um, they have now said that transgender athletes are banned unless you have transitioned by the age of 12. I know that's a pretty terrible caveat to expect someone to transition by the age of 12. Of course, there are some improvements that need to be made there, but it's a bold first step in saying that, or really just acknowledging that biological men have advantages over women. Um, Swimming has been one of the few sports to take that approach. Um, FIFA has gone the total other way. Um, they have basically said, compete how you identify. And I think that's in part because we have people like Megan Rapino, who once was a trailblazer for women's sports, um, for equal pay for women, for equal resources, equal accesses. A trailblazer is now advocating for trans inclusion in women's sports. So FIFA has gone the other way. U.S. Rowing has gone the other way. Um, there are several sports that have, of course, taken the opposite approach, but I believe because of... Um, not just my outspokenness, there's been several people who are behind me and at the forefront of this as well in regards to swimming who have made a difference. Um, this now means that Leah Thomas can't compete at the Olympics as a woman which is what Leah Thomas said that he wanted to do. He said he wanted to take a female spot at the Olympics but now they have taken a stance against that so now that can't happen.
0: Well, last thing, I know you're you're in the airport and you're <clears throat> you're getting ready uh, to give a speech. I'm the father of a daughter and a stepdaughter, and I care deeply and the bond is ridiculous for fathers. And you have a father, how hard has this whole been? <clears throat> or I'm gonna go another way, how proud are your parents of you? I, don't, I know you're married, I know you're a woman, but I'm speaking as a dad, I, I, I love the fact that my daughter doesn't have the platform but isn't afraid to speak out as a teacher on things that she deems. How proud are your parents of you? Silly question, but I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) My parents are so proud of me. Um, again, I was raised, um, strong in my faith. My, both my parents were division one athletes. My dad was an SEC football player who went on to play professional football. Um, so they know the value of sports. Of course they can acknowledge the difference between man and woman. Um, But they're just proud of me for being able to stand tall. Um, I'm not someone who's going to falter from what I believe, regardless of of what the topic is. Um, If there's something that I think is moral and that I think is right, I am not wavering. I mean, super correctly, and I think that shows how important family structure truly is.
0: Well, that we could do a whole nother show on that because I just saw where some group says it's dangerous to say that the best place for a child is a family with a mother and father. You and I could probably <laughs> do three hours on that right there, right there. Riley. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I know I could.
0: <laughs> well, I, I might my, my YouTube and everything's blowing up. People are loving you. Please, please, please come back and please keep doing what you're doing. It's It's needed. The attack on women and the attack on children is disgusting. And we need more voices, frankly. We do. We need more voices.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's anyone listening to this, um, my message to you is to boldly use your voice. It is so, so important. You're exactly right. And so I appreciate you for having me on um, and just giving the opportunity to continue sharing my story and shedding light on this on this topic.
0: I'll have you on any time you want uh, because I've had enough. Uh, I have. I've, I've had enough. Riley, best to you. Please travel safely. Thank you so much.
3: Of course. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon.
0: That's Indiana and Kentucky right there. We're not supposed to get along. What the heck? She's Kentucky gal. I'm Indiana. We're not supposed to do that, but I got to tell you, I'm sick and tired of the crap, and the guys like, you know, Pat Forty, who talk a big game, and they're always oh my criticizing others. Oh, that is others. so but, sweet. But man, oh when it came time for Pat Forty to step up, boy, did he cower. And that's what media does. They're so afraid that the LGTQB, whatever the hell community it is, and it's disappointing in Megan Rapino. She was given opportunities, and now <clears> – <throat> Many, many women will not get the same opportunities. And if you think this isn't an important deal, then you're talking to the wrong guy because I think this is an uber, uber, uber important deal. As I said, particularly one that has a daughter, that has a wife, who came through the ranks, has a stepdaughter who is playing softball at Harvard, hopes to play a fifth year somewhere. It's disgusting what's going on. I will say this until I'm blue in the face or blue like my shirt, uh, gray I guess. It is ridiculous, the attack on women. It is ridiculous, the attack on children. And people have to stand up. I'll say this again. Imagine, just imagine, those of you on the YouTube chat, you guys got some sense. Imagine you wake up one day and you say, you know what? I tell you what. I want to wake up today. I'm going to wake up today, put on a fake rack, a G-string, and go dance at a kindergarten. As a woman as a drag queen. You think that's normal? You think that's normal? You think that is who should be around high school, grade grade school age kids? You think that's what High school kids just make fun and go, you know, go sneak into the drive-in. But you think that's who should be around. The guy that wakes up and says, I'm going to put on a fake rack of a fake vajayjay, I'm going to put on high heel stockings, and I'm going to go dance, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go dance... Uh, in front of kids. There you go. Dan, Leah Thomas is beautiful and she is brave. That's great. Good for you. I don't care if anybody feels that way. doesn't matter to me. How is that normal? You know that's not normal, Jody Shelton. You know it's not. Uh, Dan is from uh, at the Cashman. I love the Cashman. Follow the Cashman wins some money. Go to CashmanWins.com. I require a cup check on all first dates just to be sure. Not been on many second dates for obvious reasons. Hey, all right, let's go on a date. You passed. (laughs) Oh, man, oh, man. Wow, the anti-trans bigotry is shocking. You'll get over it, Rick. You'll get over it. I swear to God you will. You'll get over it. Ain't nobody anti-trans. They just don't need to be competing against women. Just don't. And don't need to be dancing in front of kids as drag queens. If that's anti-trans, then I'm sorry. Then okay. And let me guess, it's dangerous to talk. No, it's not. Think about the mentality where you wake up and you go, you know what? I'm putting some high heels on, a fake J, big old fake prosthesis, wear a G-string and dance in front of children. All right. Kevin Wolf, that was an awesome interview. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, our guy, Ryan Burr. He's got stuff to say. Ryan Burr followed Tiger around for a few days. I want to get his take on the Colts. I want to get his take on everything. Because as you all know, when our friend Ryan Joseph, I don't know if it's Joseph, Ryan Joseph Burr, Speaks. We all must stand in at attention. He's kind of the Aaron Rodgers of this show. We all kind of sit up straight when Burr comes on and we duck shrapnel. We, we, whoa, wait a second. There's a hot take on the, uh, on the quo. Whoa. So look, if you think it's anti-trans, you're wrong. It's anti-trans men competing against women. And it's anti-trans, if you wanna make it into me, anti-drag queens in school. And if you don't understand that, I honestly don't care. That's on you. Brian Burnett. next. Uh, the great Ryan Burr, those of you that know him, you love him. Those of you that know him, you hate him. And that's the beauty of Ryan Burr because he's going to come on here opinionated. You do not have to answer this even a little bit. But I was watching the, uh, the new Netflix golf documentary. And my advice to Brooks Kepka, who apparently is, uh, is struggling, is two things. One, stop being an idiot. Stop dyeing your hair. Get serious about your craft and lose the wife. Like don't lose her forever. I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not in on divorce. But Apparently you are. That is Well, yeah, I've been divorced. That is I I I me me <laughs> I and then I'm going to put on a string bikini because I want everybody to see me. And then I looked at Scotty Scheffler and his wife and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I see why this is working. But hey, what do I know? What do you think of it?
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it's tough to to take a huge amount of what's really going on from, you know, a, a twenty minute documentary, so to speak, on Brooks Kepkin his wife. Yeah. I will agree that there's probably yeah. a whole lot going on at home. Uh that yeah. probably isn't great for his golf game, but there have been a lot of guys that have had a whole lot going on at home that have won a bunch of majors. So it it can be done double D.
0: I know, I know, but I, I look, I said the same thing about Jeff Saturday. I, I, me, I, 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 when he got the Colts job, I'm like, you know what, it, it's just, does, whatever. Brooks Kepka, she's great, he's married, I hope they have wonderful kids. Just from a purely professional standpoint, that's my advice. You were with Tiger this weekend at the Genesis, yes. his tournament. Phenomenal effort by a phenomenal athlete, no?
4: Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I, I think that, that you and I even have a different uh, amount of respect for Tiger. Um, I have come to an a spot now in my life where I will tell you what he's doing. And I mean this. It's the most incredible achievement of his career. And I think it should be heralded as one of the most incredible achievements in the history of sport. And I'm talking about him making the cut on a PGA Tour huge event. I mean, Genesis was a monster event. It had all the best players. Uh, And, I mean, legitimately, Dan, he's doing it on two fused backs and on one leg. Like, I don't even really think people have any clue of how much he's overcome. And you could say, well, the car accident, this – The reality is this, man, his leg was broken into thousands of pieces. Look it up. Thousands of pieces. There were doctors that because of circulation didn't think keeping the leg was necessarily the long term best answer, if you know what I mean. And he digs it out in the dirt. He's found a new way to swing 200 miles an hour without using his legs like this stuff has never been done I get it. It is he's doing it because it's what he does and he loves the rush and everything that comes with it. But to me, it's insanely, insanely incredible that he's now playing golf again at this level with physically what he's overcome. It's to me, it's it's one of the all time achievements. I mean, it would it's really, really incredible considering how bad a shape he is physically.
0: Have you seen, what is it, his right leg? I mean, you, you've right talked leg. about it before. You, you're like, it's yeah. just deformed, right? Pete? You can't see it with oh, pants yeah. on, obviously.
4: Right, and he's wearing a bunch of wraps and different things to help with the circulation. But I promise you, I promise you that I'd be in a wheelchair with the exact same injury probably for life or minimally walking with a cane or a crutch. Like, it is... Like I said, the leg was broken into thousands of pieces. It was sticking through the leg, the bones. I mean, like it's a horrific, horrific accident. And the guys making a cut and shooting on Saturday, like the fourth best round of anyone on the golf course. Now, I still come back to at the end of the day, Sunday, didn't play that well. Um You know, it's like six hours in an ice tub after a round to just bring the leg swelling and whatnot back to where he started. So, you know, we're not going to see him except for the majors and maybe one or possibly two, three events during the year. I mean, it's just he's much better off in a golf cart, playing with his boys, practicing, trying to stay sharp and then trying to show up, catch lightning in a bottle at Augusta and trying to pull off the the unthinkable.
0: People say, well, you know, because he plays so well at Augusta that he's always got a chance there. Maybe that's true, but also Augusta is not an easy walk, right? I mean, this right. is not something that's conducive to where Tiger Woods is at.
4: It's, it's as hilly a golf course as there is. And yes, he does know the golf course. Yes, he's been a champion there. All that true. It's kind of like a great conversion. Like, I could see him playing really well there. But knowing what I know, I just, I'm not sure there ever can be a time where he can four days play at the level at a major championship that it would take to win. Uh, now, with adrenaline and certainly a determination that I've never seen before from anyone. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but it is really against the odds.
0: Anybody that knows Ryan, you know he he is about golf, but he's about everything. One of the all-time great broadcasters, whether it's ESPN, the Golf Channel, ESPN, I don't care, CBS, Olympics, wherever, he's one of the greats. Yeah, no question about it. So let's get into some sports here outside of golf. Aaron Rodgers, I have said this, and I'm ready for you to rip. Let's get after it. Tom Brady leaves. He goes to uh, Tampa Bay, goes to a couple Super Bowls because he elevates the entire building. Peyton Manning leaves, goes to Denver, goes to a couple Super Bowls because they got a good defense, and he elevates the building. I contend Aaron Rodgers if he would come to the culture wherever would elevate the entire building no. and he's the only quarterback out there that would do that. Do you buy the elevation no. aspect of this?
4: No, 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 no. I- I'm telling you this, honestly, this is probably the worst take I've ever heard out of your mouth. And I mean that I'm not, this is no hyperbole. That's probably the worst take that I've ever heard from your mouth. And let me give you the reasons why. Okay. Peyton Manning, when he went to the Broncos and won the Super Bowl, was replaced by Brock Osweiler, and then he came back and won the Super Bowl. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of a team winning the Super Bowl. Okay, He had a legendary defense, a great running game. He won a Super Bowl. Right. Tom Brady, the GOAT, went to Tampa Bay, had a legendary defense. Brady was still... Uh, way above average, right. and they won the Super Bowl. Okay, great leader. Here's the deal with, with Rodgers. He's massively on the decline. Okay, massively. It doesn't get better from this point. It only gets worse. It's exactly out of the Brady and Manning book. Tom Brady was awful this year, horrible. He did the right thing. Next year would have been even worse. Uh, Peyton Manning was horrendous as bad a Super Bowl-winning quarterback as we've ever seen statistically in how he actually could move the football down the field. Now, Rodgers is obviously still better than Manning was. I'll give you the deal with Rodgers, and the Colts, not the answer. The last team. If you can find me that same recipe, which is a top two or three defense in the NFL and a great running game, I will sign on for Rodgers on that and only that. He's not taking an average team or an above-average team and winning crap. Dan, look at what he did with the Green Bay Packers. Nothing. He is legitimately the most underachieving superstar Hall of Famer that we've ever seen. He has one Super Bowl. He loses an NFC Championship game in the Great Lambeau Field about every other year. Aaron Rodgers, fact most underachieving superstar. It's like one of these NBA game guys that just lives on statistics that really wasn't that good. Uh, and that's Super Bowl. You just, made my, you just made my point, and I appreciate
0: it. I do. I appreciate it. I would argue that Peyton Manning was the most underachieving superstar. 14 years, two Super Bowls. He goes to a team with a defense, elevates the entire operation, and next thing you know, two Super Bowls in four years. The fact that Peyton Manning only went... To two Super Bowls and one won one and lost and lost and lost. If you look at his record, I know we're all in love with Peyton because guys like you, when Peyton says the, everybody laughs their ass off. Oh, he's, he's so funny. Peyton's so damn funny. No. Peyton Manning underachieved big time in Indianapolis and just like Aaron Rodgers, but he goes and he elevates. Has Denver been any good at all since Peyton Manning left? No. What happened to Bird? Did he quit? Where'd he go? What the hell? I'm ripping his ass. Huh? He's afraid? Ah, oh, he froze. Anyway, so Burr just made my point. Let me ask you, sports fans out there, 300, uh, 400 of you watching right now on YouTube, let me ask you a question. Have you heard anything, anything from the Denver Broncos since Peyton Manning left? Do you think you are going to hear anything, anything from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now that Tom Brady is gone? Hell, you didn't hear anything from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Bruce Arians left. You don't hear nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. So the, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, don't tell me. Ryan Burt just made my point. Peyton Manning came to an operation. And guess what? They went to two in four years. One, one. 14 years, Jennifer. 14 years, Uncouth. 14 years, Spice Rack. 14 years, John M. Two Super Bowls. Four years, two Super Bowls, and we haven't seen anything out of Denver since. I don't know what to tell you. And, ladies and gentlemen, where's that vaunted defense? What, 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 what happened to this vaunted defense? Now, people say, have you heard anything out of the Packers? Well, Ryan Bird just said they're always in the NFC Championship game. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So, uh, Gary Beattie, he has won as many Super Bowls as Peyton Manning won in Indianapolis. Now he's been there 18 years. Now you've got to give the first four. He was sitting behind. So it's basically been 14, 15 years. Same as Peyton Manning, won Super Bowl. I mean, isn't that what we count? So my point, Burr just made my point for me. Dan, the Broncos and Bucks are dead. Aaron could lift the Colts. How could he not? That's exactly right. Now, I would argue you can't take him to the Broncos because they've got Russell Wilson under this huge contract. You can't do that. Certainly the Buccaneers, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, do I want to slide in as Tom Brady's replacement? I don't know if I want to do that, but of course... Nice weather, easy division, money talks. Let's be honest. Those are the things that we get into. Nice weather. No question about it. Nice weather. Easy division. I mean, think about this. You were battling Atlanta with Marcus Mariota down the stretch. Honest to God, now, if I'm an older guy, I'm an older guy, and guess what? You've been playing in the snow your whole life. You've been playing in the snow. Now, all of a sudden, who knows what Aaron Rodgers might do, given where do they play? They play in Atlanta, in a dome. They play in Carolina. They play in Tampa. I mean, they're playing all these places in beautiful, beautiful weather. So I don't know what to tell you, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, or if I'm Atlanta, or if I am Tampa, or if I am the uh, the Colts who play in nice weather, in a dome, you know, they play Houston, they play Tennessee, they played Jacksonville. They got half their games in a dome. I mean, you're talking about basically, you know, you get a chance to play on turf, fast, without snow. It's a pretty good deal, in my opinion. So people just make my job easier. They do. Uh, Curtis Manlow, while Rodgers looked a little diminished last year, he's still pretty good. Uh, I don't know what he would think of Ballard. Probably fine. Dan, what would Ryan Grigson do? Ryan Grigson would bring as many people as he could to win. I mean, that's what Grigson did. I mean, Grigson went six and three. That's damn near an entire year without Andrew Luck, six and three without him. Had five quarterbacks, won 16 in a row in the division, never lost to the Texans. So I just told you what Ryan Grigson would do. There it is right there. I mean, I just gave it to you. Now I get it. Y'all want to be smart, Alex, about it, but hey. Uh, Dan, when will you acknowledge Rogers dangerous vaccine information? What, what did he do? That was so dangerous. He did what doctors told me. Aaron Rogers said, yeah, I ain't getting jab, man. What's dangerous about that? I had a doctor smartest doctor I know say, yeah, uh, particularly if you're women don't get the vaccine or at least be careful. Research, make your own decision. I know that's horrible, Rick, and I know you're one of these crazy people, but I don't know what to tell you. So I could care less about vaccine. We had the idiot here in town, Greg Doyle, that if you weren't vaxxed, he's trying to drive you out of town. Dude's never been in a locker room other than to ask a question or maybe take a picture of some naked dude. I don't know. But what I'm saying to you is this. What I'm saying to you is I don't care about uh, his vaccine. That's all for you guys. That's all for you nutjobs. For me, I could care less. Huh? man, oh, man, oh, man. Thank you, Ryan Burr, for making my point for me. If, if when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, he elevated it, we never heard from the Broncos again. When Tom Brady went to the Broncos, they were garbage, 2-14, he elevated it. It would be – Ryan is the only guy that can do that. Derek Carr got no chance of doing that. None. Zero zip. Nada. None. Derek Carr walks in, the first question I'd have is, huh, is that eyeliner or – I always thought that was eyeliner. <laughs> that's what I'd be asking him. That, I don't know. That's what That's what I would be. He's spreading misinformation, Dan. Good. Spread more. Spread more. He's following the science, Rick. I get it, Rick. You just keep going. I'm giving you the attention you desire. Uh, all right. Steve Jacobs says Brandon Miller should be finished at Alabama at the very, very least. Good. All right. Marcellus Wiley spoke on the whole transgender issue. Marcellus Wiley is a very smart man. I believe he went to Columbia. Had him on my other radio show once. Used to be on ESPN. And like most of us, Marcellus Wiley said, screw this, I'm getting away from all that crap. Marcellus Wiley posted a video. uh, uh, Has two daughters. And in the video, he talks about his thoughts on his, his daughter playing with transgender women. What'd you say, Dylan? Yeah, they're going to get it uh, together. We were going to play it in five minutes, but I really wanted to get to it because I wanted to react to it. Look, Marcellus Wiley, an African-American man, can say this. Marcellus Wiley can say whatever he wants. I will be called, I'm sure, when Barrett Sports Media picks up this show, I will be called transphobic. I will be called dangerous. I will be called all of those things. You know, that, and we understand that. Everybody understands that. Middle-aged white dude, there's nobody easier in the world to criticize. Ain't nobody coming at Marcellus Wiley. Hell, we've talked about this for years, a couple years on this show. You all understand. You all understand that freaking. Uh, middle-aged white dude, boo. Boo. You all understand that Jalen Rose can say anything he wants. You all understand you know, a hipster little D-bag like J.J. Riddick can say whatever he wants. You all understand that. But everything is a badge of honor. I'm with you on that spice rack. Badge of honor for me that Dan Wolken of the USA Today, Greg Doyle, uh, Sarah Spain, Julie DiCarlo, all the little uh, cl- Klansmen. Don't like women. Don't like me. Good. All right. Let's hear from Marcellus Wiley.
2: I have no issue with transgenders. I do have an issue with athletes who are transgender trying to participate, going from a transition of a man to a woman and now playing with the women. And I will say that y'all can try and Dave Chappelle me all y'all want. I am very clear on this. You could be a transgender. You're going to be the homie. But I'll be damned. If a male at birth turns into a female and tries to compete against my daughters, she ain't out there. We, we, we out. Don't make this a human rights issue. This is a biological issue. Simple as that. Trust me, I am a man. And then I'm like, why can't the dudes who transition to women actually empower women and compete against the men? Since you so damn bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if I were me, Marcellus, and then tomorrow, I'm Martha. I change up my gender. I'm now a woman. You know what I would try to do, compete against the dudes. Why? Because that's empowering. Oh, y'all want to do that? Why? W- why? Hello, anybody? Because it's easier. Damn it, <laughs> FloJo. What's the world record in the hundred? Ten four nine, ten four eight. What's it in, in, in hundred for men? Nine five eight. A damn second almost. Man, y'all better stop playing. And why use objective numbers? Because it's pretty easy to digest. I hate saying fair, but it's just not even right. Forget fair; it's not right. Now the truth of the
0: matter is, I feel the same way. I don't understand if you do want to empower women and go compete against the men. But a bigger question, or, or a same question, is why is somebody transitioning from a man to a woman competing against women, and why is somebody transitioning from a man to a woman competing? Excuse me, a woman to a man competing against women. Why, why is that? We just talked to Riley Gaines about it, and she explained it. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, it looks like Ryan Burr has rejoined us. Uh, Ryan, you there? Yeah, uh, interesting
4: enough. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, so uh, obviously I'm in the middle of probably the greatest take in the history of your show, and Spectrum uh, sends me a note that... Uh, The Wi-Fi is out in the neighborhood. They apologize for the problem. So uh, because of the man I am, I get in my car and I drive to an area that I can now uh, speak to you and properly finish what was an amazing take. Well, it was a nice take, but it totally made my point.
0: You absolutely made my point, and I appreciate you doing so because, let's be honest, as we said, we've not heard from the Broncos (laughs) and their vaunted defense since Peyton Manning left. We heard nothing from <clears throat> Tampa Bay since uh, <clears throat> excuse me before Tom Brady. You made my point and I appreciate it. All of a sudden they got a great defense. Why is it a great defense? Cuz they brought a quarterback that elevated everybody oh, and they got to the Super Bowl. Peyton made a Super Bowl. Hey was... Manning, since weren't at a Super okay. Bowl before. I appreciate you making my point. It uh, is it wait. is the easiest point in the history of the world to make because there are just some guys we used to call yep. him the big guy. When coach Knight used to walk yep. into the gym, Alford and I'd look at each other. Like, okay. Big guy here. Let's go. Let's go hard. Let's go. Let's go. The big guy. Well, it's the yeah, same the thing guy. with Brady. Well, I'll it's tell you Aaron Rogers, by the way, by Al the LaVay. way, Aaron,
4: yeah, Aaron Rogers has about a, a fraction of the leadership skills that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had. That's a fact. You think, you think Aaron Rodgers is that's a good a guy fact. and been that's a great leader opinion. for Green Bay? That is Bay. not a
0: fact. That's no. an opinion. I don't That's just I don't an deal in opinion, Dan. your opinion. Dan. Dan, I don't, hey, hold Dan, I don't deal in opinion. Hold I don't yes, deal in opinion. Yes, I deal in hold fact. That. Aaron Rodgers Let is not a good that. leader, and Woman that's why. no.
4: Super Bowl. No. There's – how long ago, Dan?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He won a – Peyton Manning he won, a lot won of Super Bowl. Both were – Roger – hold on one <laughs> second. Hang on. It's not great if we're just talking. Aaron Rodgers sat for the first few years. He's been there 18 years. Manning was there 14 years. Take out the first three years. Rodgers there 15 years. They both won one Super Bowl. Peyton Manning is the biggest underachiever in NFL history if you're going to put all that on quarterbacks. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, two other players – is like a god, they tried to sell here in Indianapolis that Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan were going to elevate the entire thing. I said, No, uh, got to be Rodgers. Go ahead. No, okay.
4: So, y- <laughs> I, I, what amazes me about this ridiculous take by you is like, how many times does Indy have to bring in a former Pro Bowl retread that is on his last legs? How many times? We've, you've done it now. You, you want the 3 P. Listen, Aaron Rodgers was great. He's an all-time statistical player. I don't think he's a great leader. He's, in my opinion, he's actually worse than Manning as far as the biggest underachiever of all time. With that said, his game is rapidly on the decline, and only if you are one player away would I bring you in. See, I would bring him
0: in if your franchise with the Colts is has nothing going for him, Uh, nothing, uh, nothing. And um, what do you think he's going to do do for the Colts? Frankly, what's that? What do you
4: think he's going to do for the Colts? Win nine games?
0: No, I think he makes he first. He makes it interesting. Second, he elevates everybody in the building, including the general manager. Third, like Manning did here, and I'll give Manning credit for this, he makes people better. And, and, and look, you can say he's on the downside or you can say whatever, yeah. but the truth is – Who did he make better in Green Bay this year? Players. Refresh my oh, memory. it. How about you let me finish? How about you let me finish? And then I'll let you. Uh, well – Media guy may look at it simple and go, well, it's a three-peat. There's no comparison historically between Rodgers and Rivers and, and Ryan. There's just none. I mean, Rivers never been to nothing. Uh, Ryan screwed up a Super Bowl. You bring, Aaron Rodger, or you bring Aaron Rodgers in, everybody gets better because everybody's more focused because they have to get to his standard. I'm sorry you can't understand that, but you want to talk about facts? That's a fact.
4: Okay, give me the facts here, Dan. Who did he elevate in the last decade in Green Bay? Tell me who he elevated. Uh, I don't know. Tell me how he elevated You're interrupting. Tell me how he inter- Tell me how he elevated the head coach, how he elevated the GM, how he elevated every player the last decade when he's won exactly nothing. Okay, I'll answer
0: that. Um, uh, well, I didn't see Adams playing great. I see every single year they win a bad division, but they win the division. I see every single year they are at least uh, no less than a one or two seed uh, in a place that now, based on facilities at other places, is incredibly difficult to win. I can say the same thing about Peyton Manning. What did he elevate? Well, he won the AFC South. Could never beat, could never beat New England. Could never get to the Super Bowl. Finally did and won one. I could say the exact same thing about Peyton Manning. He won bad divisions, but Peyton is a media star. Peyton is, oh, golly gee, I'm Peyton Manning, and everybody just laugh. Uh, Rodgers has somewhat wore out his welcome. So I would say the same thing about him. The only guy that truly, if you go by what they did with their team in this conversation is Brady, but there's really no difference in the 14 years as a starter of Peyton Manning and the 14 years as a starter of Aaron Rodgers. And they're both historically great quarterbacks and
4: leaders. Well, like I said, I'll give you the statistics for Rodgers, uh, I don't think he's a winner. I don't think he cultivates winning. I think he's the opposite of everything you said in the locker room with the head coach and the GM. His head coaches have all hated him. You know, you want a winner. You want a guy that elevates everyone. Take a guy that's been to three Super Bowls, like a Roethlisberger, a guy that's, you know, actually does what we're talking about. Rodgers just isn't that guy. We're going to agree to disagree. But I'm telling you, I I think Aaron Rodgers is a cancer I I actually think he's the opposite of everything you're telling me he is. I think Aaron Rodgers has become a distraction,
0: just like Manning did here with his injuries, just like apparently Brady did in New England because Belichick wanted to get him out of there a year before like he did with others. I don't think it's any different. I think when you're there 18 years – Uh, I think you piss a lot of people off, and I think that's where Rodgers is. That's why, another reason, again, to compare it with with, uh, Manning, that's why we all know this here in Indy. When Manning got cut, it really blanked him off. He had wore out his welcome here, and nobody thought he could play. So when he went, he had something to prove, and it's no different than Brady. Belichick got tired of him. He shipped him off, and now you got the same thing with Rodgers. It's really all the same thing.
4: Other than you're talking about a guy that won a million championships and a guy that won none or won a decade ago. So, you know, listen, I think Brady is a great leader. I do think he elevates everyone. I don't think Rodgers is that guy. I think you're massively, massively mistaken the leadership qualities of Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, I look at this and I go, okay, hey, this is exactly the same as Peyton Manning. NFC North championships. 2011, 12, 13, 14, 16, 19, 20, and 21. People act like that doesn't matter. Fine. It only matters right. when it's Peyton Manning. Like, it only matters when the okay. Colts are the winningest okay, so team you're... in the decade. That's, that's all it ever. Right. I mean, the, for a dude that hasn't won, that's some pretty decent winning in what's supposed to be uh, a league that is wanting everybody
4: equal. That's pretty good winning right there. Okay, the rebuttal to that certainly is if the conversation is Rodgers to the Colts.
0: give No, me the conversation the Colts. is Rodgers the guy that elevates everybody. It's not Rodgers to the
4: Colts. It's him okay. elevating franchises. Okay, like I said, there's probably three teams that Aaron Rodgers could go to and win a Super Bowl. He has to have a running game, and he has to have a great defense. If you're taking him to teams like the Cleveland Browns or the Indianapolis Colts or the Atlanta Falcons or the Carolina Panthers or the Oakland Raiders I'm, or the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm telling you, he doesn't move the meter in those markets. He just doesn't.
0: No, you're wrong about that. i tell you what, if, you, if he goes to any of those teams, they become interesting. Yeah. They become contenders immediately. Immediately. Okay. In their, I don't know like about I Super said, Bowl contender, but they, I, we'll see. You're wrong. You're <laughs> wrong, but that's all right. That's why we brought you, you here, don't because know about, you're always you wrong, don't wrong. At least you're, at you least you're know, definite.
4: You don't know about Super Bowl contender, yet your whole monologue, which I patiently listen to, was about how he's going to win a Super Bowl with his new team. If you're telling me that it's going to be interesting on hard knocks, okay, great, Dan. Bring Aaron Rodgers and sell some season tickets, and be interesting on hard knocks. I'm interested in winning a Super Bowl. I don't care if you're interesting in the media. No, I didn't say interesting in the media. I never mentioned hard
0: knocks. What I said was, you do get interesting to your fan base. And this is what I've said the entire time. I've never really mentioned Super Bowls. I've said you elevate the entire franchise. And when an entire franchise gets elevated, now you have a chance. Nobody knows who's going to win a Super Bowl. To say anybody's going to beat Mahomes is nuts. He's the best maybe that's ever been. But like Manning, like Brady, he elevates the entire building. Now your defense plays better. Now your wide receivers are better. Now your running game, you're blocking. Everybody has to live up to an expectation. That's just easy. Anybody – I'm not going to throw the whole coaching thing at you, but anybody that's ever been in a locker room other than to ask questions knows that. That's an easy one. That's that's simple. That's not even – like guys will tell you freaking Andrew Luck did that when he showed up. That's an easy one. That's, that's that's an easy one.
4: Uh, a a quarterback makes a head coach, and if you don't have one, you get fired. Uh, so I I agree with that. I guess my take, obviously, if you think, I mean, if you're interested in being interesting, then then go for it. I'm interested in winning Super Bowls. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't I mean, think. I, Aaron, I, I, what's wrong with you? I
0: said you elevate the entire franchise. Great, great. So you elevate them to what? To times. Lose Which gives you a chance to a Super Bowl, possibly.
4: Well, he's had a chance the last decade. None of those teams you mentioned have anything. Listen, man, all I know is the proof is in the pudding. He's had a bunch of home games in the NFC, and he keeps losing them in the NFC championship game because he doesn't have that leadership quality to will his team to victory. I'm interested in titles. You're interested in, in being interested in hard knocks, you know, you're the glamour boy okay we're gonna I mean, I, we're I gonna agree it. to disagree I
0: I, I I get it you got your whole little stick you can't come off of that's fine but obviously that's not what I said so that's fine but the deal is what you just described with him having home field what you just described was Peyton Manning Peyton Manning, home field through the playoffs. Peyton Manning, number one seed. Peyton Manning can't get through San Diego at home uh, with Darren Sproles. Peyton Manning can't beat the Chiefs. Peyton Manning can't beat – you just described Peyton Manning. You, You described Peyton Manning perfectly. So stay on your little interesting Jay Billis. Pick on one little thing and parse it. Uh, I never said hard knocks. I did say interesting for the fan base. I did say elevate the franchise, but I get it, Billis. You got your little thing. You're losing an (laughs) argument, so you got to take your little thing there and move it. I got to run. I love talking to you. Thanks for jumping back on. Been a lot of fun. Uh, It is time to leave. We're over our time because Burr makes me do that. Burr makes me go too (laughs) long. I blame Burr. See you later, jackass.